So, uh, so today, uh, my message today, it, it should really be uh, like six, six hour lecture oh. sessions, um, but I'm not going to do that to you all. And I only got 25 minutes. Uh, so I'm going to try to cram as much as I possibly can in here uh, so that it still kind of makes sense a little bit. Today, we start a new message series called True or False, and it's based on some of the things that the Christians sometimes say, or, or that you've heard other Christians say some of these things that that we just blurt out because we've just kind of memorized them, uh, but we haven't allowed them to, to roll around in our minds and, and really evaluate them. They're, they're sort of half true. There, there might be some, some biblical foundation to it. It, it sounds right. It, it sounds good, but it's either uh, taken out of context from the Bible or it's paraphrased so much that it just, it doesn't actually say what the Bible actually says. It, it seems true. It, it seems right. But when you begin to dig around it, in it, you realize that, well, it's not entirely true. These are the, the cultural Christian cliches that, that we hear thrown around from time to time. Everything happens for a reason. God helps those who help themselves, love the sinner, hate the sin, th those kinds of things. And when people use them, I, I think that they're trying to be helpful. They're, they're trying to offer some, some type of, of guidance. I think that's the spirit behind these sayings. But here's why I think it's important to, to examine, to evaluate some of these sayings, some of these Christian cliches, because I, I think that they can sometimes end up hurting people. I think that they can, they can lead people to conclusions about God that, that are not only untrue, but also they could lead people to be pushed away from God. And so today, the Christian cliche that I want us to look at together, uh, discern what is true and false, is, is this one. God won't give you more than you can handle. Y'all heard that one before? Yeah, we've, we've heard that. God won't give you more than you can handle. Now, I chose this one for today because... Um, not only is it my favorite to kind of look at and, and debunk, uh, but also I chose it because it's the new year and you might already be thinking, you know, two days into the new year, this resolution is too much that I can possibly handle. Uh, but this is a statement you've undoubtedly heard before. God won't give you more than you can handle. Um, maybe you've, you've said it to someone else before and, and we mean, well, we, we mean to encourage people. We mean to say that, that God is, is helpful to you. Um, and, and we say it like, you know, I, I know that you're going through a really hard time right now. I, I know that, that things are tough, but, but just hang in there. You'll, you'll make it through this because God won't give you more than you can handle. But I'm just not sure if that's the best way for us to express our encouragement. Now, this, uh, this cliche, it, it does actually have a, a source kind of from a passage of scripture. It comes from Paul in his first letter to the church in Corinth. And so this is what the Bible actually says. This is first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Paul writes, he says, no temptation has seized you. That isn't common for people, but God is faithful he won't allow you to be tempted beyond your abilities. Instead, with the temptation, God will also supply a way out so that you will be able to endure it. And so that, that last part, he won't allow you to be tempted beyond your abilities, but God will supply a way out. That sounds a little bit like God won't give you more than you can handle. But, but when you look at it, you, ha you have to ask yourself, wait a minute. Those two things don't exactly match up. 
This passage that Paul is writing to, writing about, it's a passage that that deals with temptation, not the difficult things that that come your way in life. It's not saying that God won't give you more than you can handle. Paul, Paul is saying that God's going to help you when you face temptation, not that God won't give you more than you can handle. And, and come on, we, we all know if we just think about that statement for, for just a moment, that it's not totally true. That life, life is hard. <laughs> some, sometimes there are some things in life that, that are too much for us to handle. That's why we have counselors and therapists and doctors and pastors, that there are some things in life that are just too hard for us to handle. And I want to talk about that more in just a minute. But before we get to that, just a little bit of background for this passage that Paul is writing in. So this is what, this is what Paul says in the Bible, not what your aunt Paula says on Facebook. Okay. Paul is writing to a group of Christians in a church in Corinth and Corinth was, it was a really large for its day and age. It was a really large port city. So it was a very busy place and it was uh, very heavily influenced by the pagan religion. So there's pagan temples and along with that was pagan prostitutes and pagan food and pagan rituals and all of these things. And so Paul planted a church right in the center of Corinth uh, in this very busy place. And so the people of this church, they're newly con converts to Christianity. They're not Jewish. They, they grew up a pagan doing all of the pagan stuff, you know, Zeus, Aphrodite, all of that stuff. And they've left all of that behind to now follow Jesus. But they found themselves falling back into some of those old ways of life, those old pagan rituals and practices that they grew up with pagan worship, going to the pagan temple, idol worship, sexual immorality, temple prostitutes, all of that. And so Paul is speaking to them and encouraging them to keep the faith, to to remain committed to Jesus Christ, the, the one true Lord Paul is arguing for. And Paul is warning them, about going back to their former way of life, going back to the pagan gods and doing all of the pagan stuff that they used to do. And so if you read uh, the rest of this passage, the the paragraph that kind of precedes it, Paul actually brings up the ancient Israelites and their history to say, look, this isn't new for you, that God's people have been wrestling with temptation since the very beginning. And so this is what Paul writes in uh, the beginning of chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. Paul says, brothers and sisters, I want you to be sure of the fact that our ancestors were all under the cloud and they all went through the sea. He's talking about the Red Sea. Moses splits the Red Sea. They walk through it, right? Okay. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. He's talking about the manna that fell from heaven and all drank the same spiritual drink. They drank from a spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. However, God was unhappy with most of them and they were struck down in the wilderness. These things were examples for us. So we don't crave evil things like they did. That's key. Don't worship false gods. Like some of them did as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and they got up to play. Let's not practice sexual immorality like some of them did. And 23,000 died in one day. Let's not test Christ like some of them did and were killed by the snakes. Let's not grumble like some of them did and were killed by the destroyer. These things happened to them as an example and were written as a warning for us to whom 
the end of time has come. So those who think that they are standing need to watch out or else they may fall. No temptation has seized you that isn't common for people, but God is faithful. He won't allow you to be tempted beyond your abilities. Instead, with the temptation, God will also supply a way out so that you will be able to endure it. So then, my dear friends, run away from the worship of false gods. And so there, there was a lot in there. He just kind of retold the story of, of Exodus and Deuteronomy and Numbers. It's, it's, it's the golden calf. You all remember that story. That, that's what he's referring to. And Paul is saying, don't do that. We, we've, seen, we've seen what has happened before. And, and you all have an opportunity to, to not fall into that. That the same struggles that the ancient Israelites felt are, are common to all of us. And we're not immune from the same struggles that everyone goes through. He says, if you think that you're standing firm, standing strong, watch out, be, be on your guard. Cause you might fall. You might fall back into those old patterns of life. And so let me, let me just zoom back in on, on that last verse. God won't allow you to be tempted beyond your abilities. Instead, with the temptation, God will also supply a way out so that you will be able to endure it. That, that's a really important statement. Because the fact is that, that we all face temptation. And when we are tempted in life, we find that God is going to give us a way out. In my, in my experience, when I'm tempted, there is always a way out. It's just the problem is I'm not always looking for the exit signs. So temptation, it comes our way. We, we can't avoid it. But in my experience, it isn't God who tempts me. That, that we all struggle with temptation. I struggle with temptation. Like, like the other day, let me tell you this story. The other day, it was New Year's Eve, and, and I decided, you know, it, it's time to get back on, on diet and exercising, something that I had been doing, but, you know, the holidays got the best of me. And I said, I'm not going to wait till New Year's Day. Uh, I'm going to do it, you know, a day early, New Year's Eve. And so I, made, I committed my mind to it. I was ready to go. And then Tim shows up to my house with a bag full of burritos from Taco Bell. He got two Taco Bell snack packs, which is like 20 burritos and 30 tacos. And I think I ate just about half of them. Okay. I got my sodium intake in my system for the whole year. Like I'm, I'm good. Now I should have, should have declined the tacos and, and eaten the, you know, the baked chicken and the, the broccoli in the fridge, but it's tacos. I mean, come on, who, who can avoid that? Who can resist that? But, but I had a plan. I had set my mind to it. I, I could have resisted. And there was this little voice in the back of my head saying, don't be stupid. Don't be an idiot. You're on a diet. Did I listen to that voice? No, man, I, I ate those tacos and I, I paid the price for all of that too. And so in my experience, it isn't God who tempts us that we we tend to do a pretty darn good job of that on our own. But when we do, when we do fall into temptation or being led in that direction, I think this, this passage is true that God will provide a way out for us. Like that little voice in my head or, or the fridge that's full of fresh and wholesome food. It reminds me of what Paul says in one of his letters. He says, I, I know the good that I ought to do. I know the good that I should do, but instead I end up doing the very thing that I hate. And it's almost humorous sometimes. 
And it's almost humorous the way that God tries to get our attention to get us out of those temptations. And so, yeah, I believe that this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 is an absolutely fundamentally true statement that God does help us in our time of temptation if we are paying attention. And I also think, I want to talk about this for a second. I, I, I think about the Lord's Prayer. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You've, we've heard that. There's a part of it that says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. My, my problem with it is, I, I think that sometimes we end up putting the comma in the wrong place. Now, this is usually the way that, that we, we say it. Lead us not into temptation, comma, but deliver us from evil. But, but when we pray it that way, we are asking God to not lead us into temptation. But does God actually do that? Does God lead us into a temptation? Is it, is it God who is, who is the source, the cause of us being led into a temptation? And so James, the, the brother of Jesus, he makes this very clear for us. James writes this, James chapter one, verse 13. James says, no one who is tested should say, God is tempting me. This is because God is not tempted by any form of evil, nor does he, God, tempt anyone. And so if we pray for God to not lead us into temptation, then we're asking God to do something that God's not inclined to do in the first place. And so I think, I think we got the comma in the wrong place. I don't think it's lead us not into temptation, comma, but deliver us from evil. Instead, I think it's this. I think it's lead us, comma, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's slight there, but did you catch it? Because there is a difference. Lead us. That's the first thing. Just let's pause there. Lead us. God, God, won't you lead us? Because oftentimes I do a fine job of leading myself right into my own temptations, right into my own evil situations. I, I find myself leading myself right into that bag of burritos. I'm always going to lead myself into temptation, but God, won't you, won't you lead me? Not, not as I lead myself. But God, won't you lead me into your ways, your ways that, that are not full of temptation and they don't end in evil. But God, won't you lead me in your way? Not, not in the way that I want to go. Lord, lead us. Not the way that we lead ourselves, but would you lead us instead? That, that's the prayer that I need to pray every day. And so here's, here's the thing. What Paul is saying in first Corinthians is that you don't have to give into temptation. There, there is a way out. God will make a way out. If you're looking for the exit signs that the devil didn't make you do it. Resistance isn't futile. What it's not saying though, it's not saying that God won't give you more than you can handle. So let's talk about that cliche for, for just a moment. God won't give you more than you can handle. We try to offer it as an encouraging statement. Hey, I know you're going through a hard time. Things are really difficult right now, but you can do it because God won't give you more than you can handle. We, we mean well, and we mean to say that, that God is helpful and God will help you. But I think that what is implied in this is that God has given you everything up until this point. 
Meaning God has given you all of this hardship that you are facing. Like, I know that you lost some loved ones. I know that finances are tied. I know, I know you lost your job. You, you got a bad diagnosis, but hang in there because God won't give you more than you can handle. God has given you everything up until now, but, but right when you think you're going to reach that breaking point, God will relent. That, that's kind of what's implied in this statement. God's, God's going to give up right before he pushes you over the edge. And so when you're walking through a hard time and your friend says to you, God won't give you more than you can handle. You're, you're strong enough. You, you can do this. Just hang in there. It's not actually very comforting. And also it's not a very good picture of God that we end up painting. So just think about the first part of that cliche. God won't give. We're, we're going to talk about this more in, in a couple of weeks, but I don't believe that God is in the business of giving us anything bad. I, I don't believe that, that God is, is in the business of, of giving us bad things just so that we can grow or mature, or it's some kind of weird part of God's cosmic plan that we can't understand. Yes, it, it's true. Bad things do come our way, but I don't think it's God doling them out. That God is not in the business of giving us bad stuff. I, I remember that one thing that Jesus said when he was teaching, he said, Think, think about this. What, what kind of parent, if their child asked them for a fish, would give them a snake? Or, or if their child asked them for bread, would give them a stone? Jesus says, no, no, no one would do that. And, and in the same way, but even better, your heavenly father won't give you bad stuff. God won't give you anything bad. So hear me say this. God did not give your friend cancer. God did not cause your spouse to die abruptly. God didn't plant that IED for that soldier to lose his legs. I could go on and on and on. I think instead what we find is the dominant message of scripture is that life is just really hard sometimes. And you can't handle it by yourself, which is exactly why you need God. <laughs> Isn't, isn't that kind of the message of the Bible life? Life is hard. You can't do it on your own, which is why you need God. Isn't that the message of the cross that we tried to handle sin on our own? We found out that we couldn't. So God gave us Jesus. It's, it's why we need God. It's, it's why we need community. It's why we need each other. It's why we need church that you can't handle life alone because you were never meant to. And so here's what I want us to do. I want us to, to cross out, to just scrub from our vocabulary that that saying, God won't give you more than you can handle. I, I know that it means well and all of that, but, but just do away with it. And instead, here's, here's what I think is a better one. It's pretty much the same words. It's just rephrased and put in a little bit of a different order. Instead, what I want you to say is God will help you handle all that you have been given. Can we just say that together. God will help you handle all that you've been given. That's a very different thing. It doesn't imply that God gave you all of this stuff or that God is going to push you right to the threshold of your breaking point before finally relenting. No, instead, and, and it names reality, you're going to go through some stuff and you can't handle it on your own. But guess what? God is with you.
And so cast all of your cares, all of your worries, all of your anxieties upon God who does care for you. You know, as your pastor for the last, um, was it five and a half years or so, um, I, I've walked with, with some of you through just some really hard times, walked with some of you through just hell on earth or just reliving that hell on earth. And sometimes I've, I've personally wondered, are they going to make it through this? And sometimes my, my prayer for you has been, God, just help them hold on. Just, just help them hold on. Just, just give them strength enough for today, for this moment. And what I've learned as your pastor and walking with you all through some of these things, I've learned that, that you can make it through this, that you can survive, but you cannot do it on your own. You just can't. And so you trust in God. You trust that God is, you you trust that God is with you, that God is as near to you as the breath upon your lips. You, You trust that God can wring out some good from so much bad and that somehow God is going to bring you out of this dark place that one day the light will outshine the darkness. The worst thing does not have to be the last thing is written about your story. And I've seen this as I've seen people walk through hell on earth. It makes me think of what Paul says in another one of his letters, Romans chapter eight, Paul, Paul asks this question. He says, who or what, who will separate us from Christ's love? Will we be separated by trouble or distress or harassment or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Paul goes on. He says, no, No, absolutely not a resounding. No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who gives us the victory. And that, that truth is what sustained Paul as he sat in a jail cell, writing this, awaiting his execution. It's what sustains us in our daily lives. That God does not lead you in it, but God can certainly lead you out of it. That that when you're walking through a hard time, know it's okay to finally admit, I can't handle this. I I can't handle this. You can admit that because you're right. You can't. Not on your own. Even if it's not anything big or bad, it's just the stress of everyday daily life of work and family and home and all the things that you got to do and keep up with. And you might find yourself saying, I can't handle this. You're right. You can't handle it on your own because you were never meant to. God didn't create us that way. God created us for a relationship to have a relationship with God and a relationship with one another. So here's, Here's my new year's resolution for all of you. I I hope that you'll adopt this new year's resolution as your own. The new year's resolution is this resolve to not go through this year alone. Resolve to not go through this year alone, especially in the last two years and all that we've been through for, for your sake, resolve to not go through this year alone. Life is hard. And life, not God, sometimes does give you more than you can handle. But you don't have to go through it alone. 
that God is with you. God will provide a way out. And oftentimes that way out is one another sitting right next to you. God will surround you and God will surround you with those who love you and care for you and will support you and encourage you in the right way. And so what we shouldn't say as Christians, we shouldn't say God won't give you more than you can handle. What we can say as followers of Jesus, what we can say with confidence and certainty is that God will help you handle all that you have been given. And so I want to close with, um, just the beginning of, of this prayer from Psalm 46. And just, just listen to this. Psalmist writes, he says, God is our refuge and strength, a help always near in times of great trouble. That's why we won't be afraid when the world falls apart. And so God, thank you that you are our refuge. You are that hiding place, that safe place. When everything seems to be too much, God, you are there to take us under your wing and your care. But God, you are also our strength. Even in our weakness, Lord, that's when we know that we are strong. Not, not because of you, but because we have come, not because of ourselves, but because we have come to you, the source of our strength. And so God, for, for any of us who might be struggling, might be going through a hard time, or to remind us of, of your truth, that you have come to help us. You have come to help us handle all that we have been given. You are the giver of every good gift. God, we thank you that you have given us to each other. And above all, we thank you that you have given us your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.